How do you have the success? How do you fit everything in? How do you manage your three companies? How do you do How that? Because I love myself. Because I fucking love myself. Every part of myself. What do you feel are the core areas to really think like you love yourself? Yeah, well, f- the first thing we do in thinking like you love yourself, I always say is... Welcome back to Wildly Empowered Women. Today is a very special episode, so I hope that you're super excited for this special guest, the beautiful Anna Rose. She is a very successful online business owner and entrepreneur, and she's always been very, very passionate about empowering women. Lean in, listen, and let's have some fun. Love it. Welcome back to Wildly Empowered Women. Today is a very special episode, so I hope that you're super excited for this special guest. I was just saying to the beautiful Anna Rose, who has been on my list of, you know, dream guests on this podcast ever since I launched, that her name was right up there next to Regina Thomas Hewer, the author of Pussy. So for those of you who have not yet had the pleasure of coming across Anna, she is a very successful online business owner and entrepreneur, and she's always been very, very passionate about empowering women. So for many years, I've followed this beautiful woman and admired her. And I have always felt that, Anna, you've been the poster child for for empowering women in so many different areas of life. So I really sat with, um, you know, because this this podcast interview has been in the diary for a couple of weeks, and I really sat with the topic because there are so many different directions we could go um, and just so much value and wisdom that you have that I know you could share. And what I really felt into was self-love. And Anna really has just done so much in the space of self-love as a movement, which also obviously speaks into a lot around self-worth, which I'm really passionate about as well. Um, And Anna has an incredible school called the Self-Love School that she has created and birthed and really changed a lot of lives with, which we'll go into. But what I love so much about your mission and your message, Anna, is that you openly share that you're here to teach people how to live sovereignly, unapologetically, and with radical self-love. And this is the line that I love, to help you remember who the fuck you are. And that is such a powerful statement. So first off, before we dive into things, thank you so much, Anna, for being here. It is just such an honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Jess. I absolutely am honored. And yeah, when you shared that I was up there with Gina, I was like, yes, she's the queen. And it's funny, I am I'm honored that you have said I'm the poster child of women empowerment. And I always say pussy yes. power, right? Pussy power. So that's just a if you see if you're a woman that is learning to step into the full embodiment of self, lean in in this podcast. <laughs> Lean in because we're going to have a beautiful chat and there could be things that I might say that you're not used to or that may offend or even pussy power, you know, that can be quite offensive for women. I don't use the word trigger anymore. I don't like that word. I've, I've always disagreed mm-hmm. with it. Um, we're not triggered. We're ascended. We're, we're an ascended world and I'm, I'm done yeah. with it. So lean in, <laughs> listen, and let's have some fun. Love it. So Before we get into the questions and just because I want to do your story justice as well, Anna, can we talk a little bit about how you came to be so passionate about self-love and your journey and the sort of the inspiration behind getting to a point where that was really true, truly your message? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that is my story, right, ultimately. So it's it's ultimately going to be me weaving that in, but I became so deeply passionate about it because now today, you know, with all this beautiful hindsight and success and abundance and everything else, I can fundamentally pinpoint every part of who I am and what I've achieved to self-love, right? And that, but that has been now a 13-year journey. And so I'm so passionate about it. And I started the self-love school and it is the living, breathing embodiment of, of who I am and what I do every single day, no matter what, because 13 years ago when I hit my rock bottom I started on my self-love journey and it was that deep deep painful hurtful shadow 
but beautiful and exquisite and breakthrough work of self-love that led me down the path of of my becoming and in that becoming and in that growth and in that power and in that divinity essentially I became who I am today which is powerful and brilliant and I take up a lot of space in the world and I'm very proud of that and I can only be that woman and I can only show up in the capacity that I do because I love myself so radically and so if any woman ever sits in front of me, you know, besties, strangers in the gym. I got stopped in the gym today from a stunning girl who follows me on Instagram and she just was like, I want to do this. I want to build this with And I was like, you just have to love yourself and back yourself. She's like, what's the one piece of advice you could give me? And I'm like, girl, you just have to know you're worth it. Like the world's waiting for your story. Like who are you going to be? How are you going to show up? And fuck everything else and fuck everyone else that tells you that you can't or that you're not enough or that but you're, you're not going to be able to show up in that capacity and show up and speak up and step up if you don't do those things for yourself first and you have to love yourself back yourself and trust yourself so what does that look like for you right and that's just that I can have any woman any man in front of me and it's the same message consistently and how does how do you have the success how do you fit everything in how do you manage three companies how do you do how that because I love myself because I fucking love myself, every part of myself. So that's why I'm so passionate. And so I know what that can do to fundamentally change a woman's life in every way. Absolutely. And so let's talk about those different categories because I know that you go into this a bit in um, each week in self-love school. What are the actual areas that you help people with in terms of self-love? Yeah. So I broke it down into seven core ethoses and it is moving eating thinking speaking earning fucking and self-caring like you love yourself and so that is the embodiment to me of a woman that fundamentally loves herself so if I can have a woman thinking moving eating speaking earning fucking and self-caring like she loves herself I have a whole healed woman and within that there is like so many aspects that we do and there's wounds and there's core wounds and there's growth and there's there's everything that we do within the parameters of that but ultimately it is they are the the pillars and we get to work on every single one and sometimes you know for some women it's 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 self-care you know that transforms their life the most for some it's eating like they love themselves for some it's moving like they love themselves I think movement is movement is where my journey began moving like I love myself um and I always say movement is a medicine of life. So if I can get a woman moving, then I can change your life. But yeah, so sometimes it's moving like she loves herself. Sometimes a woman will come, you know, that's 60 into the school and has spent six decades hating herself, truly, and, you know, had ha- has had eating disorders or um, broken marriages or just a broken self-image. And through those seven pillars becomes this, forced to be reckoned with which is just my soul's work so that's how I break it down that and because and this has all come from my embodiment of those messages for 10 years so I started self-love school three years ago and it was after just a decade of, of being this woman myself and talking about this message for free and I still do every single day for free anyway but talking about these things and showing women how to do that through embodiment in my own stories and life and everything else um for 10 years for over a decade and then I only started it because I was getting asked so often you know can you coach can you coach me can you coach me and I wasn't doing that at the time I was in network marketing which I'm still a proud ambassador of today of course um I don't build but I spent eight years building in network marketing very successfully um and that was the only way that you could ultimately work with me and it just wasn't enough anymore and it wasn't fair because people were asking, women were asking. And so I sat down one day, it was a Sunday afternoon, and I was like, I want to create like a school of self-love. I want to put everything that I've done and everything that I am and everything that I know and everything that has worked literally still today and that I live, breathe and do every single day. And I'll put it all into this curriculum and it will form the basis of self-love school, which is exactly what it is and exactly what it does. It's so beautiful and I think that's also, you know, why 
it's such a powerful message that comes from, through you because it is so embodied that not only network marketing, but also for those that haven't followed Anna, um, you know, the last couple of years and obviously, um, you know, your background is law. So you were a very valuable and insightful person to follow <laughs> these last few years in the height of lockdown and mandates and all these things. So between an industry that's often really misunderstood um, in network marketing and then also you being really passionate about that topic and there being a lot of, um, you know, haters out there for both those topics, I feel like you your message became so much stronger and even so much more embodied just, you know, probably through those two experiences and particularly the last um, couple of years with getting your social media shut down and having to start a scratch and like really fighting the fight with so much censorship bullshit that happened in the background there. How has that impacted the way that you work and the way that you've been able to handle those situations in, in respect to self-love and in respect to, you know, the fact that that would have been a pretty big curveball in your business as well? Yeah, that's a really good question. I haven't been asked it, but I think so. If you're listening and there was a little bit of ambiguity in what Jess was saying, basically during COVID, and I call it convert, so is that offends? That, um, during COVID, I just had some questions, right? I'm just a girl. I'd been in federal politics before I was an entrepreneur for four years. I was younger, um, still in, and I was in my self love journey. And yeah, and then I was in business for, a long, long, long time, and I was—I'd been building ferociously and very successfully in network marketing. And I was top two percent of the world pretty much the whole time across the industry, and any and you know, blah 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 blah. And then COVID hit, and the world shut down. You know, the 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 vax came out, and I just had some questions, and so I yeah, I started to speak up, and I didn't want to. This is the this is what people misunderstand because some people now say today like oh you went so viral and I did but with that came so much loss <laughs> all of my privacy <laughs> literally I had no privacy so that media pursued me there was articles about me constantly which is so interesting to me and this 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 is where I want to tie it into self-love I was constantly asked even by politicians so politicians would privately reach out that was pro my message, like keep going, speak up, well done, your name's getting spoken about in parliament. That's when you know you're a troublemaker. Like that's when you know you're making an impact. That's when you know like something's happening with you. And I, I said I truly believed, and because I was asked this constantly, why was my messaging in COVID cutting through so much? Why were the media coming after me? Because I wasn't – I spoke up less than most in terms of the accounts that we're actually speaking up. I never touched on the spicy subjects necessarily. I just asked questions ultimately, but I could cut through the shit. I'd share legislation. I could, I broke it all down. Um, but I said, and I've never swayed from this, it's because genuinely, I think deep down, whatever task force were out there, which is now just so you all know, actually being proven, there was media and government task force private secret task forces watching accounts like mine and that's how I got shut down like filtering me censoring me and making sure that a woman with a voice or anyone with a voice was shut down but what it came to for me and this is so important and empowering and this is a message I would want everyone to to land on is that I was unfuckable with because I loved myself because I cannot be knocked off center and so put me in a global pandemic or put me in a catastrophe or put me in violence or put me in, you know, business breakdowns or put me in marriage breakdowns. You know, I've gone through a divorce as well. Put me in any situation. And this has taken, you know, a decade plus or 13 years now. But imagine if you started today and in 10 to 13 years, even no matter what age you were, the same, and when you get to know me, you'll really be like, yeah, actually it will be worth it that those situations you can become impervious and unfuckable with because you are such a pillar of a strength essentially. So I, I used to say to people that I genuinely think I was so censored and and then I got um, deplatformed at 70, I had 70,000 followers and that was my whole 10 years of content to, and I, I didn't have one community violation. They just had to shut my voice off. Not one community, they couldn't get me on anything because I hadn't actually broken any Instagram rules 
not one community violation against my account that they they took it away because it was like I was just going too viral. I was just cutting. I they did an article on me in um, a paper, the main paper in Western Australia. I mean, it was everywhere. I was on Channel Ten News. Like I was, but I was a national threat. So I was creating vaccine hesitancy across Australia by asking some questions. But I was really fucking proud of that because. For me, I was like, well, here stands a woman who knows herself, loves herself and trusts herself. And again, every every bit of heat, every bit of hate, every bit of criticism, every bit of put down, every death threat, nothing. They couldn't take money away from me because I've got my own. I didn't, I wasn't cut off. They couldn't make me lose my job because I have three companies. They couldn't, you know, they could silence me, but I started again, right? So it was just this, and and I am that woman and I can stand in that truth. And I always say I can stand up in anything. It's not just about global pandemic, but think about it in your home or your workplace or with friends when you see something that you know is wrong or when you just want to play a bigger game, whatever that is, when you when you feel like you've lost your voice or you feel like you have lost your way, right? Whatever that truth is for you, it's like as a woman, you can stand in your truth and speak up and show up bigger and bolder and more beautifully in the world when you know yourself, love yourself, trust yourself and back yourself. And that's just a message. And so for me, how I do that is thinking, moving, eating, speaking, earning, fucking self-caring like I love myself, right? It's just this beautiful symbiotic dance. But but that's how, how did that impact me to, to circle back finally to the question? I think in a sense it was like this beautiful universal like, yeah, bitch, you say you love yourself. Like, let's really fuck it up. Like, let's put it, let's burn you in a thousand fires. And and during this time also, I decided to end my, you know, beautiful, loving, but naughty 16-year marriage to an incredible man who I still honour and admire today, but it just wasn't it. So I'm fighting for the nation whilst ending my own marriage. I'm, and I'm in that heartbreak, still showing up, speaking up, stepping up. I'm you know, then launching companies in a pandemic that are taking off with wild success, pioneering in industries. So all of this is going on in my life. And it was just to me, how did it impact me? And then I was deep platform, like I said, at 70,000 followers and had to start again. And I was like, cool, next, what's next? Like, like burn me in a thousand fires. I'm just going to come out stronger than ever. And that is because when you know yourself, love yourself, back yourself and trust yourself, you cannot be knocked on your center. And I honestly think that is the greatest gift on earth. And I want to say, like, I always say as well to women, like, it's not to say that I don't feel grief and I don't feel hurt and I don't feel pain and I don't feel anger. I feel more rage than most, I am sure. But the key is that I feel it, right? That's that's self-lovers. And like that's in um, thinking like you love yourself. I talk a lot about you know, the emotional guidance system and, and feeling rage and how to essentially not manage our emotions, but fucking feel them. So I'm not, I'm, when I'm like, I'm not knocked off center, I still feel everything. I feel grief as much as I feel ecstasy. I feel pain as much as I feel joy. I feel, you know, hurt as much as I feel love. But the key is that I get to feel it all and live this beautiful life along the way. And that is so key. And that, was actually the one area of the, the different pillars that you cover that I really wanted to actually dive into was thinking like you love yourself because, you know, mm-hmm. obviously there's so much value in all the other pillars, but you can go and actually work with Anna and, you know, go on the wait list for the next self-love school if you want to go dive deep on them. But thinking like you love yourself, um, I agree. I mean, it would have taken a lot of strength mentally to get through a lot of that because also we know – the online space is like, it, it's at the wild, wild west out there. Like I can only imagine the hate that you got during that time and with everything else going on in your life. So what do you feel are the core areas to really think like you love yourself? Yeah, well, f- the first thing we do in thinking like you love yourself, I always say is is self-forgiveness, right? So often I always say to women, well, you know this as a fact, and men as well. I don't know if you have a lot of men. I always say Guys, if you're listening, men, if you're listening, amazing, but I'm all about the positive power, right? So you can tune in and listen, but, you know, pass this on to the beautiful woman in your life that that needs it as well. But ch- tune in as well and listen to how you can be a man in your healthy masculine that can hold your woman's life. 
right? Um, so when I speak, yes, I speak constantly about women, 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 because I'm unabashedly unapologetic about pussy power. So women empowerment. So for me, the the first thing that I look at and speak to in in school, <laughs> essentially with thinking like you love yourself, is a is a practice of forgiveness, self forgiveness. Because for so many women, if not all women, and all of my besties, especially ones here, know this, they're not allowed to speak ill about themselves towards themselves around me ever, right? So because we are our own greatest critic and and put down. So every day in most ways, a woman is self-criticizing and putting herself down or picking herself apart or, right? And that's thinking like we love ourselves. So we have 60,000 plus thoughts a day and most of them are subconscious. Most of them just happen without you even realizing. And yet your thoughts are creating your reality, right? And then your thoughts create your words, which create your world. And so whatever, I always say, you don't have to tell me who you are ever. I, just, I know who you are. I know who you are from the way you show up. I know the way how you live, like, because your thoughts is what's creating your world. So that's it for me. So the first thing we, I always do is like have a woman do a, a forgiveness practice of just like, I love you. I'm sorry. I forgive you. Let's let's start again, right? Let's start from this place and this space and and begin. Because I always say I can't get you to paint a bright, bold vision for the future of what you really want your life to look like because we have that power and control over our destiny. If you cannot let go of the past and you keep living in it, right? Of this like perpetual cycle of just negative thoughts and put downs towards yourself and your body and your mind and your life. So we do a, a, a forgiveness practice um, and then that's that's the start for me. Like women have to let go. And I'm, I always say, because honestly, I have women in there that are 20, which I adore. And I had last class, I do an intake once a year. This last class we had 200, almost 250 women, I think. And we had, you know, a 20-year-old or an 18-year-old and a 70-year-old, right? And so, and both were, needed the exact same work, but one had just, been more mean to herself for longer. <laughs> so I always say there can be 70 year olds that have literally spent a lifetime putting themselves down or being self-critical. And then you've got the young ones who still actually today, it's it starts young, but you have to let go of that, right? So you have to forgive yourself. And then from there, it's about becoming aware and conscious of the way you speak to yourself every single day, every single day. And the thoughts that you can catch that you are thinking and not putting yourself down. I just will not have it in and around my world because your body is always listening and your soul is always listening. And so for me, it's about, there's there's lots of activities that we do in that week. But first it's like, forgive yourself. Start from this day forward, knowing that you have that stunning clean slate, that you've, you're connected to your mind, body, soul, and you're ready to play that bigger, beautiful game essentially of life. Because that's what it is. Your thoughts literally create your world. And so if you're walking around saying stressed out and frustrated and putting yourself down and constantly like um, picking at yourself and, and telling yourself how fat you are or unfit you are or miserable you are or broke you are, well, guess what? <laughs> There's more of that coming your way every single day because that's what you're calling in. And so creating a vision for your life so then the next practice I have them do is create a, a vision for their life so we're forgiven and then we go into a vision and that's all around well who do you want to become from this day forward how does she show up how does she speak what does she earn what how does she sound don't and I always say like the biggest thing for me at the moment is like the liberation of all of you right so I have been on this journey myself only really the last six months. I have been this way for over a decade, no masks. I actually have a post going up to learn about this. Um, but it talks about claiming all of yourself all of the time. And so I know even for me, the last six month journey has been the liberation of, of all of my side, my intellectual side, my spiritual side, my sexual side, my emotional side, and not feeling like I have to pick and choose and also not feeling like I have to tame any of them. And so we get to be the fullest, most embodied expression of all of those sides of us as the feminine, because it's our greatest superpower on earth. But think about her, right? So I'm saying this to your, to your listener now. So thinking like you love yourself, well, who do who is that woman? Who is that woman in her intellectual side, in her sexual side, in her emotional side, in her spiritual side? 
and how does she show up in the world, right? And you may be so far from it, good, beautiful, have fucking fun, you get to now bridge the gap. But at least you now know the, the bridge you want to gap, the gap you want to bridge, right? So how? So then I have them write this vision. So it's like the vision for their life. Like I said, what they look like, what they want to earn, how they want to fuck. Like let me tell you, in the safe, sacred container of self-love school, when I go live every single week and all the women are there, the juiciest, funnest chat we have is when I get the, like, the it's you put women in a Zoom room or in a room we want to talk about sex. We want to be rubbish. We want to have fun. We want to surrender. We want to be vixens. We want to be, we, and I get like 50 year old, like asking for my address because the husbands want to send me flowers to say, thank you for, you know, making my life alive again. Because it's like, yes, you get to fuck like you love yourself as well. What does that look like? How does she show up in the bedroom? Like these women say to me, it's like, oh my God, I've had all of these fantasies. I want to be, maybe it's a good girl. Maybe it's a bad girl. Maybe it's both, right? But ha- put that on the vision. That's like love yourself as well. It's it's that full expression and that full embodiment of all sides of yourself at all time. And so to have them create the vision, how they want to be, how they want to show up in the world, how they want to dress, how they want to feel when they wake up in the morning, how they want to fuck, the house they want to live in, the job they want. And every single day I have them, and I still do this today. This has been over 10 years. It's in my bedroom right now, ratty and tattered, my current one. Um, But I have them wake up and the first thing I make them do, or I can't make anyone do anything, but curriculum stipulates it would be of benefit (laughs) if you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is read your compelling life vision statement. So think that the first thoughts you're thinking, the first, you know, um, not demands, but essentially like demands you're giving, commands, commands you're giving your brain is this vision for your life that you want to create. And then from there, it's you, right? It's you against you. It's you and you, you and your brain. But ultimately as you go through the day, if you're starting to put yourself down or, you know, make poor choices, well, go back and read the vision statement. How would she actually show up? You know, how would she get through this situation? How would she walk into that room tonight? Would she say no to a gym session? Probably not. Would she say, you know, no to a chance to go network? Maybe not. Whatever that is for you. Um, And then little by little, day by day, habit by habit is what I say. But yeah, there's so much more. But if you wanted to really just like hit it hard and hit it on the head, forgiveness, practice, and then create a compelling life vision statement and read that every single morning. I love that. That was such powerful advice on thinking like you love yourself. There's so much in that, especially with your vision and clarity, um, which I wanted to go into because if you're not clear on what you want, how can you ask for it? And my, my next question actually flows very well from what you just shared, which was on how can we receive more and actually feel worthy of more? And this is something that I'm really passionate about as well, because I feel like if if as a woman, you can actually ask for it and you can practice and build your muscle in receiving in any situation, then that's going to obviously increase your self-worth. And that's something that I have found in coaching women myself as well, that a lot of the time women really don't feel like they can receive or don't feel like they can ask for what they really want. And I think that example that you gave in the bedroom is a fantastic one. So Um, Let's talk a bit about how can we increase our muscle of receiving and asking for what we want. Before we go on, I want to ask you a super powerful question. What would it mean to you to make decisions based on your soul rather than your bank balance? Freedom to me means having true autonomy and choice in your life to live based off your values and soul's desires rather than what you can purely afford for you and your family or what your job requires of you. This is why I've been empowering women for the past almost five years to earn more with pleasure, earning your true worth without the insane hustle and with actually having choice in your life. It is so much more about how you earn rather than what you earn. If you'd like to learn more about how I mentor women to earn a time leveraged income online, selling conscious health-based products and learning the skills of personal branding and attraction marketing, both 
very sexy skills to have, then click on the link in the show notes or DM me the word info on Instagram so we can have a proper chat. I love having one-on-one convos with you savvy queens and showing you how this kind of income and our community can help you truly live wildly empowered. Big love, back to the episode. Oh, this, there's two really, like, I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. Two, I knew you'd love this one. <laughs> there's two avenues I would take with this and both are very, very intertwined and you cannot have one to me without the other. And this is work I've been deep in myself the last eight months with professionals and coaches and everything um, and embodiment. But to me, the ultimate receivership, right? So to receive part of the feminine, I'm huge into the feminine and masculine. It's been my journey for just over two years now in a very big transformational crack of my life, wide open way, right? And so I'm huge on this this whole ideology and essence of the feminine and the masculine. And one of the core, absolute core energies of the feminine is to receive, is receivership, which is beautiful. But how do we do it, right? It's like, yeah, I've heard it. I'm wearing flowy dresses. I'm, you know, they, I think there's, um, what's the book I love? The, fo- the Four Agreements. One of them is, you know, to actually, to be a good giver, you actually need to receive. I, I often say that a lot to people that if I'm trying to buy them and they're like no no I'm like well you know to be a good giver because you give so much you have to receive but fuck that you know if we really got down to the crux of it ultimately to receive to fully and truly receive as a woman as anyone but again is to heal your cool wounds (laughs) right and so the majority this is not all women at all but if you're high on life and you're vibing and you're at a fucking 20 and you're, you figured it out and you're great, you're phenomenal. Go and be bigger, go and be bolder, go and go, go be greater, go have even better sex, fuck it up, sis, right? I love that for you. I'm there with you, right? I'm leading that pack. But for the majority of women, you know, where there's, there's pain and there's some hurt or there's some, there is lack of receivership, there's, you know, withheld sex there is money issues, there is body struggles, there is all of those things or more. And so to receive and we we land where we are, this is what I had to learn in a very big way eight months ago, we land where we are in our lives because of the core wounds we have inherited ultimately from birth. And so like this is a whole other, I mean, and I can come back on and do a whole podcast literally on just core wounds, Um, but I would start the process. If you struggle with receiving it is because you have a core wound that is unaddressed because for me now I'm like universe give it to me everything all of it and I am in my full feminine surrender and the receivership and sexually as well so I want to get into that right so um with core wounds it could be that you aren't worthy that you are unlovable that you aren't enough that you have to achieve to receive that you are ugly, that you aren't, I think I said it, but you aren't good enough, right? And there'll be some, as I'm talking, some or most will go, that's mine. That's for sure mine. Now my call, or that I am I am always unsafe. Now how can I fully receive from the universe? How could I fully receive from my man? How could I fully receive from my relationships? How could I fully even receive my food if I am walking around with a wound that tells me subconsciously that I am unlovable and always unsafe, Right? And so somewhere in your life, something happened, it's always childhood, where, and again, we forgive because we never drink poison and expect the other person to die. So as adults, we take responsibility for our healing, but we have, we do have to go back and look at where that core wound started. This is honestly the only way we can dance around the fucking bush and read the books and do the, until the cows come home. But if you want to fix that crack and you want to plug that hole and you want to fully step into your receivership in every single way, find the core wound and fix it, right? Heal it, not fix it because you're not broken, but heal it. And so for me, I had to go back and it became, it was like, I had everything guys. I'm like mother wound, father wound, core wound, fucking wounds come at me, right? But I took responsibility and I looked at it all because I was trying in the, in this, in the journey of the feminine for me, I was ticking every single box, which is so masculine. But, you know, I was like listening to the podcast. You cannot masculine your ways of the feminine, I learned. 
listened to the podcast, I read the books, I, I changed my wardrobe, I bought the flowers, I did the sexy dancing, which I still do, but it's just such a different energy now. I literally ticked every single box and yet still there was something I just, I couldn't feel it. And that's because the feminine is the feeling, the feminine is the heart, the feminine is that receivership. And so when I then finally addressed, I'd, I'd, I'd healed events in my life but I hadn't ultimately gone back and loved on and healed my inner little girl that felt like she was unlovable and that she was never safe. They were mine. And so once I did that, and that was done then through breath work and just some somatic practices, sacred rage practices, smacking the living shit out of pillows with a whiffle bat, you know, and go and you can do this on YouTube. You can get somatic breath work practitioners, go and do the work. Like ladies, like by all means, um, Heal the core wound, establish it. And then from there, because I always say, if your sex life isn't humming, like if you are shut down, because the pussy or the, no, it is the pussy, right? It's the pussy. This is what Regina always says too. This is why yeah. she's, she calls it a pussy and she goes into it so powerfully in the why. And that, I love that alignment. So I choose that word as well. But the pussy is the ultimate portal of receivership. The ultimate portal of receivership. Truly, scientifically, biologically. So this now ties into this. So mm. answer your question. If I said this first, though, imagine the response, right? You don't understand. Don't know, I've had kids. Yes, absolutely. But actually, you've got some core wounds that you can beautifully and powerfully clean up first, learn to receive, and then step into that feminine receivership and then truly receive your man or your woman. And that just unlocks a whole other new level again. Like until you can really receive sexually, as a woman, I think it is, I think our sex, I know, it's not, I think, I know our sexual energy as women is the most potent power on the universe, in the universe. And that's why I genuinely believe, I think the medical system, pharmaceutical system, they put us on synthetic hormone. They want to shut it down as much as humanly possible because a generation of women fully expressed in their embodied sexual energy would change the fucking world. It, they just will. And I'm, I'm a part of that revolution. I'm like, I'm starting it, I'm leading it. Um, but to answer that question, the full, like to receive is to fully receive as well sexually. And our pussies, like I said, are the portal to creation. We, we birth life from our vaginas right mm. and so and also our pussies are so our, our womb is completely connected to our heart mm. this is where women have to hear this the most okay so if the sex aspect it's like well you know i'm this and i've i've had trauma same i get it and i had to heal that as well that was a core wound for me but to understand that my womb and my pussy was completely connected to my heart and so to actually not receive and so not fully be in my you know most embodied sexual energy and power shut down my heart that's when I was like that's how I'm going to access receivership that's how I'm going to access my power as a woman that's how I'm going to live unguarded that's how I'm going to show up in the fullest expression of love true love felt love not fake love you can't fake it and so healing identifying and healing the core wound and again, we, by the way, we do all this in self-love school. This is also all in self-love school. Um, but identifying and healing the core wound and then healing that. And, and that's, you know, it's work. It can take work. But I always say it's, it's a choice too. We don't have to spend 10 years on a therapy couch. Um, and then having that, starting to have that pleasure relationship with yourself. Get to know your body like self-pleasure start to receive by yourself with yourself I do a 30-day self-love pleasure practice in self-love school the late and it's like most of the women's favorite part it's just like this isn't fuck like you love yourself obviously um but yeah it's a 30-day self-pleasure practice so the women can start because for some of them they have you know lots of them it's like well they'd had sex with their husband twice in the last year like 
that's a day for me. That's that's too, that's not enough for me in a day. Like that, you know, and so they have to start to learn how to self-pleasure themselves again, how to receive, right? And it starts with self. But once they can crack their hearts wide open, once they can crack their pussies wide open, right, literally and figuratively and spiritually and sexually, that's when you start to receive all of life's abundance and all of life's magic and all of life's power. And that's that's when, this is that liberation that I was saying, like a woman in her most liberated state to me is embracing all of those sides, the intellectual, the emotional, the spiritual and the sexual. And a woman that can do that and dance amongst all and play with them all and not tame any of them and live embodied as her fullest expression in them is a fucking dangerous, powerful woman. And they're the women that are going to change the world. And, you know, be in their homes and raise their babies and, like, heal generational trauma and raise an army of, you know, healed, beautiful, incredible kids and fuck their husbands and create beautiful kingdoms and, yeah, just live stunning lives in a state of receivership. Standing ovation to all of that. Like, that needs to be a TED Talk, just that snippet, (laughs) just that answer to that question there on receiving and, and the power that we really hold with our sexuality, which is where I wanted to go next on, um, you know, really asking for what you want and knowing where your pleasure comes from. Because, um, you know, I've also done like a 21-day self-pleasure, I guess you'd call it challenge or, you know, it was a 21-day experience um, when I studied a feminine embodiment course last year. And what I loved so much about it was learning so much about my body so that, and I feel this is really important for women and especially young women to know where their pleasure comes from and what they love before they put that, I want another word for pressure, but like sometimes I feel like women do do this, like they put the pressure or the job on someone else to give them that pleasure instead of them knowing that they can get it themselves. And then if they are going to, you know, be with, with a partner, they'll know exactly what they want. So can we talk into a little bit around like how to ask for what you want in the bedroom, in life, at a cafe, Jesus, like anywhere, instead of going off people pleasing and obligation and just going with the flow to try not to be a troublemaker or to, you know, just, yeah, the good girl that we've been conditioned to be like, no, how can you actually ask for what you want? Yeah, I love this. Well, A, it's everything we have already talked about, right? If you are a woman that is at the level of, say, say there's a self-love spectrum. This is why I always look at it, right? And I, by the way, this is my most favorite subject, talking about sex and sexual liberation and sexual expression. And I, it's truly one of, it is the ultimate act of self-love. And it is the ultimate power that a woman holds because it is her ultimate state of receivership. So love it. Um, but on the self-love spectrum, I'm always so aware that there are 10, say, which you are just fucking rocking it at life. Like you're the one I was just talking about before. You're living it, loving it, breathing it. Sis, do you. But there are a lot of ones as well, okay? And they're just like rock bottom, which is where I was 13 years ago. I fucking hated myself. I And that's a whole other story. But that was that's what kicked off my journey. And then there's a wide array of in between that from twos to nines, right? So wherever you are, you know, I can give these answers, but it's like you're at a one. So to say to you, because what I would say is, you know, get, so how do you ask for what you want? You need to fucking know yourself, love yourself, trust yourself and back yourself. But that comes from everything I've already discussed as well about mooning, thinking, earning, speaking, uh, fucking self-caring like you love yourself. But for me, if we are going to go down this, this path of, especially in the bedroom, because I think and believe a woman that can ask for what she wants in the bedroom is going to have no trouble saying, oh, no, no, sorry, I didn't actually ask for that, you know, kindly in a restaurant or um, using her voice more loudly in any room or, in fact, your radiance and magnetism amplifies the more tuned in and tapped in you are to your sexual energy. And so people always say, like, you you glow, you're so radiant. Yeah, I'm a well-fucked woman. Like that's a, I'm a self-loved woman, but I am a well-fucked woman and I'm very, I'm open about that. I'm proud of that. I I love that energy and aspect of me. So how to do it. And this is what we, we talk about in self-love school, uh, as, of course, as well. It starts with self. You just said it in the question. 
But if you do not know what turns you on and you do not know how to make yourself come and how to bring yourself to orgasm, then why would your man? Like that's, that's not their job. And that's also not the job of sex. I think the job of sex is intimacy and and pleasure and prolonged pleasure, hours of pleasure and play and foreplay and touching and kissing and talking and just connection, right? It's not to make your man come. Great if they do. And eventually, sure. But that's so many women and I, men have this conversation with me all the time as well. They're dying to please their woman but she's so turned off and tuned out and tapped out from her own body and self and I understand kids it's different if you've got a newborn or kids still in the boob and you are the living embodiment of this dress so I, I love that because you're still like yes for you yeah. <laughs> uh, I get it I do understand there are always exceptions to the rule but I also have girlfriends that are just like me with eight months right, that are still breastfeeding. So it just depends on the woman and your journey 100%. But the biggest thing that I will say is how to ask for what you want. You first need to know what you love. Like get to know your body. Do you like, you know, central touch? Do you like long, like real deep long kisses? Do you like massage? Do you like penetration? Do you prefer um, vibrators, more vibrators than penetration? Do you prefer fingers do you prefer licking like you have to get to know yourself what brings you to orgasm enjoy it play with like play literally with yourself to see what turns you on to see how that's I mean I've always been quite sexual but when I really started to tap into my sexual energy was I mean pretty young but that was how I was like I learned that I was like okay if I when I was then in the act, loving act, I was, I mean, I was in a relationship by 19 and married by 20, engaged by 24. Like I was with my husband for 16 years is what I'm saying, right? And we had a phenomenal sex life until the end. That wasn't the thing, right? Um, because I love sex, because I know what turned me on. And it wasn't his responsibility to give me pleasure. He gave me pleasure, lots of pleasure, men do as well. But I knew what turned me on. I knew what to ask for. And honestly... The amount of, I've worked with thousands of women now and we have this conversation every other day. Most women actually do know what they want. It's just intimate, they're intimidated to ask for. And so I always say, have a sex date. Like, and it can feel really awkward, but you just have to go through it. You have to go through it. Like to get through the awkwardness, you just have to get through the awkwardness. And so ask partner, male or female, whatever they are, to have a, a, a date out or in the home or in a cafe or in a restaurant or like I said, in the bedroom or on the couch with some wine or some water or whatever you like and set it up before. So the intention going in is that you are going to have a conversation. Once you've pleasured yourself and you've gotten to know your own body a little bit more, you can do it at the same time. I say go all in, sister, rip the bandaid off. But most women as well have dirty little fantasies. Like they want their husband to be a bit more rough. They want their husband to come in the door and slap their ass and, you know, throw them around the kitchen. <laughs> My bestie's like waving her ass on the couch. Like, I do, right? Oh, yeah. Today's conversation. But they do. And when I, ha- when I have these conversations, like I said, in the sacred space container of self-love, the- you should see their comments. We're all little vixens, right? All women are. They have this gorgeous, beautiful, welcome, bad girl inside of them, or good girl, that, is dying to come out, but they just have to communicate it. And it comes step number one, get to know your own body, get to know yourself, play with yourself, like pleasure yourself, find find what turns you on. And in life as well, right? What turns you on in life? Is it ice cream? Is it like what, what lights up your life? The turn on doesn't just happen sexually as in like orgasmically in the bedroom. My life turns me on, right? I am turned on by life. And you can feel that and people can sense that and there's an energy about that, right? And then second to that, but most importantly, sit and have an intentional sex date with your partner and tell them what you want. Now, for some people, like I said, this is common practice or they're quite vocal, which is amazing. But 
one of the first questions I have asked men that I date, well, like once we're getting intimate, I'm like, what is your dirtiest fantasy? Like, what's, what is your dirtiest fantasy? This is mine. Like, what's yours? And it, that even being asked that question as a man and knowing that it's safe to answer that, and this is where the work comes in, ladies, because for some, they actually can't hold the answer, right, which is a wound. Okay? So, again, I'm not going to say if you're not ready to ask that question, don't ask that question, but just tell your partner what you really want. Hey, I actually really want to just kiss without the expectation of penetration So, as long as I'm ready. Maybe it's a couple of hours or maybe it's like maybe we just have a week of turn on on foreplay, you know, so by the end of the week I'm so horny and hot for you. Or maybe it's like I actually need you to be a little less vanilla and a little more bad. Like, mm. or I want to be spanked. Like, I, whatever it is, own it. But have the communication. But you, you maybe you don't know it until you pleasure and please yourself first. But I always say women know. That's my freaking. Um, I didn't know this, but I call it Colleen Hoover books. Someone will laugh right now as they're as they're listening to this. But like, I saw these freaking books all over my Instagram. All of a sudden, like this bitch. Like, who is this author and why is she all of a sudden blown up? And I'm just thinking it's like House of the Prairie, like. I don't know, like murder she wrote kind of stuff. No, it was like dirty, sexy, naughty, romantic, like sex novels. And they went viral amongst my generation. Anyway, I'm 35 recently. And again, I was like, here we are. Women are craving this. Like they're craving this vixen energy, this, this to be ravished when their man walks in the door and they're just not tapped into their own sexual energy enough to a please themselves know what they want and then ask for it so mm-hmm. they just need to ask for it and the way to ask for it is to ask for it and it might feel awkward and icky and but the way through it is through it so i just i hope women do it absolutely and i want to um touch on the the kids thing and the mother the motherhood thing i'm so glad that you raised that because i feel like there's this story in society that because you have kids like maybe you don't feel like sex or maybe you don't feel sexual or, or um, you know, like, yes, it is hard. Obviously, I'm, I'm pregnant with my third. Um, so I've been there twice. Four days. Thank you, Ben. Yeah, yeah. Overdue four days, exactly. Um, and I think my second son was about six months old when I read the book Pussy and he's three years old now. And I remember this, like, huge awakening. I've never, like, I've read so many life-changing books and nothing has changed my life like the book pussy yeah. I feel like you and I could do do Regina <laughs> I mentioned it so much yeah. but it was literally game-changing for me and I remember someone saying to me at the time like um you know but it's okay like it's not really your season to be having lots of sex like don't put that pressure on yourself and I was like to hell with that who said that like yep. who said that we can't like who who set the expectation that you should lower your standards of your sex life because you have kids and like I fully agree with your point and it's a very valid point that it me it is a little bit more difficult to find the time right Mm -hmm. but as with everything you will always find the time for the things that are more like that are important and meaningful to you right like you'll always find the time for the things that are priorities so this conversation is so empowering and so important for parents as well because I just don't subscribe to it not being a season or not being the right time or whatever. It's like, again, to your beautiful point, if it's something you want and you can ask for it, of course you will have the capacity to receive it. And it doesn't matter what the circumstances look like, but you need to know exactly what it is that you want in the first place. Like maybe you don't feel like having sex for, you know, with my first um, son, I had a really horrible labor so for the first three months there was no way I felt like anything sexual because it just you know I was doing a lot of healing and there was a lot of trauma there and it wasn't really yeah like it wasn't something that I wanted to receive but if you do want to receive it like that again like comes back to the point of asking for it 100% can I stay on that though I like to speak to that as well when I if that if that and I know this for a fact because I know the power of, of the body and just touch and being held and receiving as the feminine that yet yeah, you might not have received wanted that but I know for damn sure that if that if that was me in that situation and I had just you know been a bad bitch and given birth and I'm in that season 
I'm absolutely communicating to my partner or husband, baby, I I am not there yet with the sex, but I need a full body rub down mm. tonight. I need to be held by you. I need I need the oil and I need you to rub my legs and my feet and my back and my boobs. Like I just need to be held by the masculine. And no, there's no sex because yes, my my pussy is healing. And that's fine. You, you and to not at all expect him to think he needs to get his dick sucked or anything like that. It's like, hey, I I am asking as the feminine tonight to be held by you. And I just, this is what I require. I need to be held. And it literally just, I mean, like, you could maybe need cuddles. I remember I just learned, I just became a solo skydiver. And I'm I'm in my dating era, everyone. So I'm having a lot of fun. But there is one, there is one king that for now, this 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 may not age well, um, but <laughs> YOLO. Well, the, the king right now that is incredible, um, who's got my attention. And after I skydived, and I'm super sexual, but I actually said to him, I said, he goes, what do you need, baby? Like, what's what's going on for you? And I said, you know, I, what I need right now is actually a tequila. Um, but B, I just want to be held by you. I don't want I don't want to fuck. I am so adrenally cooked. Like when I see you, I am I want a massage. I want to just literally be engulfed in your arms and to be held. And guess what? That's exactly what he did. It was like, but I know what I want to ask for. And he was like. The, he communicated he's like it is so sexy that a woman knows what she wants and that in itself pleased me in that way to just give me a massage and to hold me he was like he was just so not sexually turned on but turned on by the feminine in that sense because he's like it's just so nice as a masculine to to know that I'm pleasing you I just want to please you and your man does or your woman like whatever that dynamic is in your relationship they want to please us like that's what they're there to do and we are there to receive. That is the feminine's job. The masculine's job is to give and the feminine's is actually to receive. So I would offer if you are a mum and you are tapped out and you are, you know, most of the time, honestly, I think the women that are tapped out, like I, like we crave to be held. But often women don't ask for it because they're like, fuck, he's going to get a heart on and then try and stick it in and I just can't be bothered. Like, no, don't touch my boobs. The kids have been in them all day, right? Yeah, absolutely. But if you can articulate and communicate, Amy, I'm, I am so fucking tapped out, but I just actually need to be literally enveloped in your arms and held without the obligation of sex, but know that I can feel safe to just be held tonight and that's enough. Or can you please just rub my body down? Again, not sexually, but I just need to receive some like touch from you. How, like your man will walk and you will be able to receive. So it doesn't always, that's what I'm saying as well. It doesn't always have to be when you're in that season, penetration and kissing. And so it can be you're held by the masculine in that way. And that life's biggest gift. Absolutely. And again, and this is really the powerful message that I wanted to get across, which you've just beautifully driven home is if you can ask for what you want and be really clear on it and actually feel worthy enough of asking that of your partner in the bedroom or in that situation, then where else are you going to be absolutely unfucking stoppable in life, being really clear and really solid and really confident on what you want? In so many different situations, like, you know, even this is my third pregnancy. You would think that I would know what I want in my pregnancy <laughs> and in my birth, right? But this time I've just had such a wildly different experience and I have really gone down rabbit holes of the different choices that I didn't know that I had because I was only given one choice and so I assumed that that was the only choice. But now I've looked into a lot of different choices with different things and now made different decisions with my pregnancy and also what I'm planning with the birth. So you know, if you, and, and that has definitely come from being like, you know what, I'm going to be a little bit more curious. I'm going to ask more questions. And I'm going to base my decisions of, of what I want and voice what I want in this situation, not voice, not, not just echo what the option is or what I feel, you know, the, the only option is out of obligation. So I love that you've shared that because there's so many areas of life, like pregnancy is one example, um, your workplace, 
different situations that you're going to be in in life with family, where boundaries need to be really clear, where you need to actually voice what you want and be really clear and confident in that. Yeah, 100%. I think it comes down to, right, ultimately, and we can end it here, but and even on that with what you just said, like with the birth, and that's a whole other episode as well, but um, you need to divorce the good girl like, and just become the liberated woman. Like divorce the good girl. She's put her to bed now. She's got you to hear and it's not about being a bad girl. I mean, we can be that too, right? And that's fun, super fun in the bedroom. But divorce the good girl and just become the liberated woman. And that comes from owning your voice, knowing yourself, loving yourself, backing yourself and trusting yourself. And that comes from that deep, deep, deep self-love, which is everything we have talked about on this. So, oh, so powerful. Thank you so much for joining us, Anna. I'm going to have all your links in the show notes so everyone can stalk the shit out of you because I just am Play. such a big fan and, and just admire you so much and know the huge impact that you have empowering women. So I'm just so honored to have you on. Final question. If you could go back to your 21-year-old self and give her a big hug and just tell her one thing that she needed to hear, what would that be? Before we wrap up this episode, I want to ask you a question. Do you remember how you discovered this podcast? Was it a friend's suggestion or an Instagram story, maybe a post? Somehow you found it and I'm hoping you're getting a lot of value from it. I need your help now to pay it forward so that other women can feel seen, heard, nourished, and more than anything, empowered from these conversations too. Big love, back to the episode. I just say keep going, baby girl. Just keep going. Hold on. Hold on. Beautiful. Life gets it. I don't, it doesn't need to be profound because that's, I think, all of our 20-year-old selves. For me anyway, it's like, Still, sometimes that's all I need. Keep going, baby girl. Hold on. And so she needed it then and sometimes she still needs it today. But it's the thing that keeps me going and holds me up. Thank you so much, Anna. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure. Legend. And as I said, Anna's Instagram is in the show notes. Would highly recommend a bit of a stalk and a follow because her content is amazing. So thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you in the next episode.